Yeah, you know, I mean, it's interesting. We were talking off mic about how hurricanes, you know, it was a thing that you're supposed to worry about more in Florida. Yeah. But for whatever reason, we are way more affected lately in <laughs> you know, the northeast uh, corner of the map. Uh, for me, I lost power for a full day. Due right. To, uh, tropical storm, uh, whatever it was called. You, your, your house that you, uh, that you own, that you're renting out right now, uh, got fucking flooded. Which yeah, already here. That that's a that's a real money pit. Yeah, no, it's not good. But let's ignore the the despair for a second. Let's talk about the fact that I thought you were a shitty friend for not reaching out to me because you should have known that Philly was flooded. And now I huh. just remembered just now that New York was also hit. So on yeah. your end, like, which you're not doing because you're a human being who understands. But if I'm you, I'm like, this piece of shit didn't even fucking call. He's over in the West Coast with the sunshine, and I'm over here drowning. Right. I mean, I, I find it interesting that your first instinct <laughs> whenever a natural disaster occurs is to be, like, resentful that I don't reach out to see how you're doing. <laughs> Same thing with the earthquake. I'm actually in the eye of the storm, and you're on the other side of the country. Like, what the fuck, Max? Why you didn't call me out? for the earthquake either. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like, this is a pattern, and it's happened quickly. Yeah, fair. I mean, you know, you didn't call me to see how I was doing. And because I, I didn't asked. know. You didn't know I was in New York? I didn't know that's where the storm went afterwards. I thought I was going to go through, like, Ohio or something. Right. Hit the Dakotas. Okay, well, I, I guess <laughs> no. that's on me. I'm glad we firmly established that I'm the only one at fault here. And, uh... And yeah. Sorry, hold on, hold on, because my mind went somewhere, which is like, because I said the Dakotas. No hurricanes ever got to the Dakotas, but let me ask you a question. If a fucking hurricane, like, hit the, the heartland, and it kept, yeah. like, almost dying out, but it kept going, at what point do us, as humans who love an underdog story, start rooting for the hurricane? I mean, at that point, like, I would be so proud of that hurricane. I'd be like, it would be like the little engine that could, man, but a hurricane. Right. Well, because think about it. Like, destruction. it rips through. Like, by, okay, you know, because when, when a hurricane hits land at all, it's supposed to die out. It happens with us. It hits Florida. Florida's very, like, you know, narrow. Right. If you think about There's it, it's a state. There's all kinds of science that just stops it from being a storm anymore. Yeah, well, it needs water to keep going. And that's like the weird sure. third act. He yeah, keeps going. Yeah. He keeps going somehow. <laughs> well, because think about all the action set pieces. Like, you know, Colorado's like, don't worry, it ends here. It's reign of terror, pun intended. Ends here, okay? And they see the hurricane, they see the storms coming and shit like that. And you don't know if it's going to make it over like the, 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 the crest of a mountain top you know what i mean and then like everything goes silent it's like those 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 things in an action movie where like someone falls and there's silence right. and then they pull up right on frame and you're like oh shit we'll do that with the hurricane and then it just keeps going it starts going it's in utah all right nevada right. i mean maybe it could like turn into like a dust bowl hurricane you know it doesn't need water anymore it just starts thriving off of dust and we could just we could have like that one scene in the movie where a scientist is like it doesn't need water anymore <laughs> it's evolving it's dust <laughs> evolving it's my favorite thing in the world it's evolving yeah i mean i like that i mean i think the third act twist right is that you get to he makes it all the way to california right it's fucking el nino season baby all right he meets his little little kid little nino man and they oh. team up and they're like fuck it let's go ham and they turn around I thought you were going a different direction. I thought this is going to be like a Godzilla uh, versus Mothra type situation where it runs into El Nino and then like we're, we start rooting for the hurricane to like wipe out. Oh, I mean, like, I think that's obviously where I was going with it, but I, you don't want oh. the father-son dynamic. for You just want them to be two opposing forces. I was hoping the second chapter would be them going around causing major damage and then one of them finding morality. They you know, falls in love with a human or like a horse or something. I don't know. Well, okay, it's like the... <laughs> I'm just saying, like, why, why is it going to be a fucking human? We got to attach it to us. We fucked up the world. Hurricanes are happening because of us. Why shouldn't it fucking hang out with a horse? That's all I'm saying. So, so it's just unmitigated destruction, havoc, you know, devastation. And all yeah. of a sudden it just, it meets a lone horse just chewing some grass on the plains. It's a one animal that hasn't evacuated. <laughs> Maybe it's like a dumb horse and it just sees it in the storm, just full on stops and just like looks at the horse and the horse like looks at the storm. Well, and it stops raging, so the sun comes out, it gets beautifully lit and shit like that for half a second, and then, like, you know, Papa Hurricane comes back, like, what are you doing, boy? And they start destroying again. 
maybe the horse could get picked up gently by the wind and it just like continues chewing grass while it's like floating up and it's just on top of the clouds for the rest of the that's it's fucking i could show you the world but with yeah. a horse that doesn't talk we could still have that musical cue you know <laughs> right, but, but right. like a, a soft gentle piano version of it you know but it's a fucking horse just like floating upside down it is not okay with this, by the way. Like, yeah, sure, it's interested in the storm. It's that's consensual, but this it's terrified. I mean, of course, <laughs> it eventually dies due to not being able to eat clouds. Right. That was the one thing you didn't think about. <laughs> you know, that was the one oversight when he took on this fucking endeavor. He was like, "Look, I'm gonna. I I, I plan for everything. Okay, I plan for competing weathered patterns. You know what? I didn't plan for falling in love. Goddamn it." All right, folly. So anyway, the, yeah, so the, the it's, very it's not even like just appreciating a life form; it's falling in love. Yeah, with no, in love. The horse is not about it. It's not <laughs> consensual in any way. But still, uh, the the death of the horse is is a catalyst for him to to self examine and to look at the destruction that he's causing in tandem with, right. you know, the original hurricane reaches the Pacific Ocean and it just sees its like storm reflection in the water, yeah. you know. It's, it's fucked, man. What the fuck? What, what the fuck am I doing? Well, it's, well, and, and so, so that's what happened. So, like, in the final thing, this guy's like, hey, let's go fuck up Mexico City or something, right? Which, again, is super inland in Mexico. It's not near a fucking ocean, but he, the hubris of this storm now that he's crossed the fucking continental U.S. He didn't right. give a fuck, you know? And, and so he's going, he's like, oh, I'll meet you there. And then he doesn't go. He's being all emo. He's sad and shit like that. And then, you know, he comes towards Mexico City and shit's getting fucked up. And then right when he's going to hit the Capitol, like, you know, El Nino shows up and he fucking blocks them. And then he's like, don't make me do this. And then we'll just, we'll just Peter Jackson this shit. We'll, we'll just do like, what have you done? And we'll cut the credits. People will be mad about it, but they'll come out for that third movie, bro. (laughs) Coronavirus be damned. This demands to be seen in the theaters. Um, You know, like a lot of our ideas are usually too abstract or all over the place. They cross multiple genres. But I think this one, we really nailed it. This is the one we we honed in. We keyed in. We we cut out all the bullshit. And we we wrote a story that made sense in real time. When I think about this story, the one word that comes to mind is restraint. Uh, Mm. I think we exhibited it in spades, sir. Subtlety. Subtlety. I can see that on the poster. You know, just like a storm with googly eyes. This is the only way we can anthropomorphize. Like we don't want to go like, like monster else, house with it. We don't want to put like eyes in the storm. Otherwise, like how are you going to convey emotion of the storm? You know, it's just going to be a fucking cloud. Well, I have thoughts on that. We could always cut to they have faces on top of their head. So there's so subplot. There's an astronaut who's right. orbiting space who can well, see. He's like he looks pissed. <laughs> So like uh, we were, we were talking about like deep fake technology like what actor would you get to play the, the storm who who oh. would be like a good underdog type performer Oh god I like literally when I thought they had faces I thought they just had like smiley faces or or oh, yeah. No but this is the you're right listen like we're living in the fucking digital age baby we got computers you know what I'm saying like we can do anything we we want to now so I mean I don't know who do you have I'm, on I'm, I'm pitching Michael Shannon and I'll tell you why he was in Take Shelter <laughs> right. turn the tables around you know now he's the storm number right. 2 you can play scary dude can play funny dude can play between those two somehow Yeah uh, we need all those things in a performer to play the storm. So I'm, I'm pitching Michael Shannon. He's a real maybe, maybe Michael Pena for El Nino. Oh God. Michael Pena for El Nino is an inspired choice. I would say I want to go grumpier with it. Can I just like, it's not going to be funny, but just like, like a Lewis Gossett jr. Hurricane. It was wow. just <laughs> like, it's funny to me. I doesn't have to be anything else. I just want to really judgmental. A grizzled joke. been there seen that i mean nick nolte also like would really nolte would be great you're Fucking right nolte, dude you can barely understand him anymore which is perfect for this see i like i like those pro- i like projects when you hear there was someone gonna be played as someone and then someone else jumped in because it's like okay if i say nick nolte or lewis gossett jr or something like that and then i was like you know robin williams was circling that project you're like oh that's a different movie because Robin Williams is going to Robin Williams that storm, you know what right. I mean? Well, like uh, we were talking about, um, it, this is a bit of a swerve, but we were talking about Gandolfini because I'm rewatching The Sopranos and oh, I yeah. the first season and how he was going to be in the the night of. He was the producer of it and everything. And then yeah. Tuturo stepped in. That's a different show with Gandolfini. 
Totally. Yeah. No, and that's a, that's actually a way better example than my Robin Williams as a hurricane. <laughs> Look, he just died. It was his anniversary. I love you, Robin. I miss you. Um, but no, no, the, the that's a really good example because you're not going to sit here, look me in the eye, and throw shade at at John Turturro. Like, fucking, it's great, it's wonderful, yeah. but totally different role. Um, and at this performance, yeah. And you know what's different about that too? Because we were talking about Gandolfini. If we could just, you know, like really give him his his credit. Uh, mm-hmm. Dude was so physically imposing, but was so not that person. But right. as a presence on screen, you were both scared of him, and then in a switch he's a six-year-old like he is so scared and vulnerable and shit like that in a way that like john Turturro is certainly like kind of vulnerable in that role the night of if you haven't seen it, it's a wonderful uh, mostly wonderful it's a great first episode miniseries yeah. uh on hbo and uh, john Turturro took over the role and he's certainly like vulnerable in a way he's street smart but it is a completely different performance in my mind it's one of those great like what ifs you know what i mean yeah yeah it really does make you fucking wonder um good old good old gandolfini too bad he can't rise like Gandalf Beanie the way. <laughs> that would be fucking nuts, dude. He comes back. He's got those fucking eagles the whole time. You're like, wait, you have these eagles on the bench? <laughs> Gandalf what the fuck? <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so glad you fucking went with that because that could have gone in either direction. You could have been like, what the fuck? No, I wanted to save you, but also like Gandalf does come back as Gandalf the White and he like blocks out the sun and he saves the day. That's metal. Like, oh my God. Maybe, maybe, maybe Gandalfini's the Gandalfini the white of, of 2020, man. Like, he's going to roll in. from this fucking year. Dude. Dude. He could Dude. do it. He could roll in. He could save elections. <laughs> he would mostly be used to make sure mail in ballots so, were done properly. By the way, this is how fucked this year is. I just read an article, which it should come as no real surprise, but just reading it in one place, in one headline was mm-hmm. like, stunning is that on the one hand we have russia actively trying to get trump reelected, and on oh. the other apparently china is now attempting to interfere to get biden elected nice trump is you know yeah nice right like we're no. rooting for a foreign government to come in and like install a new guy like oh no no it's horrific the implications but my point is that we were already like fighting a battle uphill I, but to be completely honest, I think we were going to win regardless of if China was fucking with us. I, I hope so. I don't want to eat those words in 94 days or some shit like that. Yeah. Although we're not going to know on election night, I, by the way, based on everything I'm hearing, it's going to be like months. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it's, it's one of those things where at least it's an even playing field, which sounds fucking horrific. And then we have to really figure out what to do next time because it's in this election. You know, we had, we had, we had two other election cycles and we were like, ah, this ain't that important. 2018, 2020. So I, I, I don't really know what to say other than, like, I just hope it gets our guy elected. That sounds fucking horrific. I don't want it to be the installation of someone's interest in, in a country thousands and thousands of miles away. But we're sort of already there, aren't we? So, yeah, it's, it, it's a shit show, man. It really Save us is. from ourselves. I read a headline that said, and I, and I looked this up because I could not believe it, that's like, if the election were to happen today, 50% of white people would still vote for Trump. Like, 50%, man. I am so glad that we are rapidly starting to become a fucking minority in this country. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Is that the truth? Really? You feel that way? Yes. Because you, you, you've squandered the opportunity. I mean, not squandered. You've done very well, but you've not. No, not you. I mean, like white people is a concept The people who are on the wrong side of this issue. Yeah, man. I, I, I thought you were laying that burden on old Maxter's shoulders, you know, like I was <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> Well, like, yeah, we want a sacrificial lamb, but what the post is telling me is that, like, I have a flip of the coin on that. Like, I don't want to make you that person. I don't want to make any one person that person. Uh, right. But what I'm saying is, like, you, you, you certainly haven't squandered it as, like, in terms of being a white person in this country, uh, mm-hmm. but you've done really well at the expense of other people by standing on other people's shoulders and calling themselves tall. Again, not you. I'm talking about the people who are on the wrong side of this issue. I mean, uh, who, who doesn't that do that from time to time? You know, who doesn't <laughs> stand on the shoulders? Now, who do, and I'll tell you who doesn't get to do that at all for the past 400 years, which is, like, a very specific group of fucking people. Um, who is this secret group of people? Tell the me. secret group of people. Uh, yeah, what are you about uh, to say? It's gonna, it's gonna blow your mind. Uh, okay, I can't wait. Black people, black people. Yeah, this isn't a fucking mystery, Max. I don't know why you're making me say because when you say black people, uh, like devoid of any other context, you're just like, why is he saying black people? <laughs> like that's how <laughs> fucked up this country is. You know what I'm saying? 
why is he saying black people? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a fucked up situation. Uh, you, you know, like, j- just going back to that statistic, the 50% of white right. people would vote right. for Trump if the election were held today. What more do they need? And I know that we've had this existential crisis for the yeah. past four years, but, like, you, you watched that Axios interview uh, right alongside me, and I know you were like, how, how amazing could this thing be? And then you watched it, and you're uh, like, yeah. Oh, I want to eat every fucking word of that, by the way, because holy shit. Go on. I apologize. It was just stunning to see him fact checked in like real time during an interview, which almost never happens. Like I I think, and I was reading about this, like reporters up until now, the way they cover this dude is that they keep pretending like he's a normal president and that they have to have some amount of deference. So if he answers a question in his rambling, bullshit, lying way, they just move on to the next question. This dude, uh, John, Jonathan Swan or whatever, right. would not let him do that. Like, he just kept being like, what, what documents, you know? What, yeah. What, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a thing. Like, I, I hate to give Fox News any credit for that, but that Wallace interview was kind of a biggie because it showed people, hey, you can do this. And then this Axios yeah. guy did it and he did it better. And I assume we're only going to get more of that as we get closer. Dude, I, I wish I could live in like the long view of history and know where we're heading 40 years so that I could laugh at this because it is genuinely fucking hilarious. If this was like a satire movie, like it would be so ridiculous and funny. And this is like our life. So you know, someone's going to make the death of Stalin, but for us about Trump. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like one day, like 30, when did fucking Stalin die? Like, oh my God, like 60 years ago now, right? Like in the 50s. So 60, 60 years from now, someone's going to make a goddamn... Uh, like Trump thing, you know what yeah, I'm saying? We're all still alive by then, you know what I'm saying? No, no, I'll be long dead, thankfully. Uh, and uh, and my point is, they're not going to have to change anything, right? Like that's what's so interesting about Death of Stalin is they didn't really change anything about it. Like all this shit happened, uh, and that's kind of what we're living through right now. It's like, well, if we can actually live through it, it's going to be lit. But I'm yeah. worried, you know. I mean, you know, uh, history. His uh, the whole the whole historians are going to have their work cut out for them. Uh, covering this period of, of history because holy shit there's a lot of ins and outs a lot of what have yous uh yeah i mean it, it, it's like i'm watching this golden state killer documentary it just ended and all i can think of is that it's this it's the equivalent it's like they just got uh, like a warehouse full of evidence and they're just opening every box and looking over it and I'm like, oh man, some historian later on is gonna have it. Like, this isn't a thousand piece puzzle, puppies. This is like a hundred thousand piece puzzle. And puppies. yeah, like you're fucked. <laughs> Even if you get all those fucking edge pieces first, you're fucked. Okay. <laughs> That's how I feel. I just feel like it's so interesting. Like, no one's gonna be able to contextualize this in a in a easily summarizable set of word <laughs> way. Like, uh, sure, I made it a word today. I'm too stoned to care what the real world is max um you want to talk about anti-drug shit really quickly i had this weird like synapse fire really quick uh about when i was a kid at buckhorn elementary school in brandon florida at some point they put on a puppet show yeah a uh anti-drug puppet show nice right and what I remember about it is that the performance was like really weird and a lot of people were like booing it and shit like that. But after, <laughs> after they did the little play, they then opened the floor to a Q&A, but not as the performers, like as the puppets still, <laughs> like they're still just bent down. Like, right. And you can and, see the full view, but just with the puppets. No, they were like trying to bend down, but even that, they didn't get like a big enough partition so we could just all see them still. It was like, I remember, like, it was so weird how I hadn't thought about this in 20 fucking years, but then suddenly right. it rushed back to me. But and you I was were like, just getting like blazed as fuck today, and you were like, man, I wonder if that worked. <laughs> well clearly that and mendez did not did not work but so so after they did this they opened it up for a q a and this was my first like my 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 first taste with fucking with someone for my own my own enjoyment (laughs) like i'm like this is all clicking into place a a long and proud like yeah like you know they they do say that we should examine the stories of our own childhood to unlock the the secrets of why we are the way we are and i think that you've just found your your origin story when i told you that did any part of you be like no that's shocking no you're like of course yeah (laughs) like favorite fucking pastime dude you just (laughs) love to fucking 
prod people. Dude, I'm 10 years old. And, but here's the thing. I was like, I, I exhibited so much fucking restraint because people are asking questions about like, oh, when did you get into puppets? And they're like not breaking character because they're like, what do you mean? I'm a puppet? <laughs> because they're trying to be in the bit or whatever. So then I'm just like, I leaned in. I just started asking really serious questions about the universe that they had built. Right. Like, how do you, how do you take a shit? Do you have a- <laughs> Well, no, 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 just asking about stuff. Like the whole thing was like, okay, the girl puppet had a brother who got into drugs and blah, 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 blah. And then he got his friend into drugs or whatever. So then I would like start asking them like, so, you know, look, man, you're, you're here performing about anti-drug. I mean, you seem like you knew all this information even before he got into it. Cause that's what happened in the story. He's like, I know about drugs. <laughs> and he still does them. And so I'm like, so why'd you, why, you know, what led you into drugs, man? And then he would like answer it like kind of honestly. So, you know, I really wasn't thinking. I was, uh, was hurt. And, uh, you know, I, I learned better. And I'm like, but did you learn better? Like, do you think this is going to hold? Do you think that your sobriety is going to keep at it? Like asking these really fucking, because I just, they kept answering questions. So I kept uh, asking them earnestly so, so about were, their well-being. You were, like, you were pushing like in, in, in universe, let's assume this puppet is real. This is like a recovering addict. <laughs> like, do you think that you're going to relapse? Like, like, come on, man. Like, you're going to relapse. Right? I think like, what, like, I'm thinking about this now. Puppet to actually relapse like what if he was a former addict what yeah literally what if this was his fucking like way to stay off this is his anti-drug puppetry man it's just like i do it for the kids you know i do it i do it to see them not waste their potential like i did as a child you know (laughs) got into drugs and then this kid one time at an assembly he he just made it all come crashing down And I realized the drug was playing me, you know? He had its hand right up my ass, and and it was all downhill. <laughs> and then you zoom out, and this guy is not in an AA meeting or a Narcotics right. Anonymous meeting, by the way. He's in a sewer, you know, oh surrounded god. by uh, sewer people. It's a new race. Oh, my God. So of this universe. Like, of this puppet does universe. he have, like, a psychotic break where, like, he realizes as a puppeteer that he's just a puppet for something else, drugs? Well, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, look, that was act one, right? This is the Joker movie that should have been, which is he was making a puppet movie and shit like that. And he was obviously addicted and he was self-medicating because he's still mental ill, you know, like that part's still there. And then, you know, the little kid calls him out (laughs) instead of killing him like he did in that particular Joker movie (laughs) instead. How, how, how would you feel about that film if instead of like Joaquin Phoenix, it was just like a, a Muppet? but everybody Great. else was a person. Great. <laughs> a better movie, probably. No one acknowledged <laughs> Sorry, I almost spit water. Uh, no one acknowledged it, though. <laughs> yeah. Does he acknowledge it in a Deadpool fashion, in a breaking of the fourth no, wall? It's just Ernest as fuck. Just Ernest. He's just a Muppet. It's Named Ernest. Like the, gra- the graphic violence. Sure, we could call it. We could do Ernest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ernest becomes a Muppet Joker. <laughs> it's a little log. It's a little clunky, but you know, yeah. we can always rename that. All right. We don't even go into post on this thing for another six weeks. And then by then we're in the editing bay, getting, we can get a, a group think on that shit. You know what I mean? I think it would have really resonated with all the, you know, the lonely basement dwelling Muppet neckbeards of the world, you know? I, I, I find that disrespectful to Muppets, by the way. But I understand it. Like, that's the thing. It's like one of those, like, apt fucking insults where you're just like, well, yeah, but don't be mean about it. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I, I feel bad for these fucks. The Muppets, I mean, not the yeah. Well, something that does fuck me up is that, like, the, the, the Muppets and the Sesame Street puppets are kind of exist in the same universe, right? Yeah, they do, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, one of them is, like, inner city, but very informative, mm-hmm. and, and they learn things. And then the Muppets are, like, more, like, adult. Like, they deal with real-world problems and relationships, and they go on right. road trips. They go on, you know, uh, cross-genre adventures, sometimes travel through time. Uh, it's just strange man it's strange those two worlds sometimes collide I mean Spider-Man collides with the Fantastic Four oh yeah isn't he like an unofficial like Fantastic yeah he shows up (laughs) shows up yeah man he's the he's the uh, Stuart Townsend wait no not him he's the the Brian Epstein of the of the the Fantastic Four you know shows up Billy Preston plays Mm -hmm. them keys Makes a wise crack. It's out of there. 
yeah. <laughs> the spider keys. Do you think that he started like just branding himself like athletes do, like the spider universe? Because like, why the fuck would you, man? You know, like the spider keys made out of real spiders. Like, what? Like in terms of marketing himself or whatever. <laughs> but <laughs> sorry, I, I then got fascinated like a like a like a flashy object going by me about a spider keys made out of real spiders. That freaked me out, and I'm the one who said it. I mean, you do have a thing with spiders. You don't care for them. I know that about you. Um, has that gotten worse or better with age for you? Uh, you know, the weird thing is, like, I see a lot more spiders here in California, but they're smaller, so it's kind of whatever. Like, I just the big fuckers were always in Florida, man. That's the truth. Yeah. I'm sure they're out here, but so far I ain't right. seen them. Well, I mean, it's just that that arid kind of climate is probably not conducive to big spiders for whatever reason. But I guess tarantulas live in the desert, so I don't know. Yeah, but I don't think I, we have tarantulas here specifically. I think it's a little too not deserty. I don't get people that fuck with tarantulas as pets, man, like letting them things crawl on you. I know that they're not like harmful or whatever, but yeah. still. Apparently, they're really cool. I mean, I'd say, so that um, the, Charlie from Lost has a show, had a show called Wild Things with Dominic Monaghan. <laughs> is it like he, a nature show? Yeah, no, because he's like a really big animal guy. Like, and it's actually really, that's why I kind of got into it because I was like, oh shit, his infectious love, like it's very infectious, his enthusiasm for like wildlife. And one right. of them, one of them was him like kind of going into a cave where there is a spider that doesn't exist outside of this cave. It's like very big. Uh, and like, so they, they, he, he's going to try to find it or whatever. And he goes and he goes and they end up finding this thing and it's fucking huge. But what he's explaining is just like, they don't see people. They don't have an adversarial relationship with people. You know what I'm saying? Like evolutionarily, which is weird to think that like, oh yeah, insects also sort of evolve, don't they? Like that's a thing that happens. And so like he sees the spider and the spider, he like puts his hand on the spider, just walks up and they like hang out and he doesn't bite him or anything. And it was this moment where I was like for half a second where I'm just like, you know, much like the wolf, maybe it's been propaganda, you know, like these fucking spiders yeah. get a lot of bad rap. Maybe they're totally fine. Uh, then I tell you my friend Rebecca uh, was lecturing me about that in Italy because there are all these like centipedes. I was like freaked out by them. I'm like, you got more than six legs, you're a fucking ghost demon. <laughs> you got to be killed, okay? And she was right. like, you can't kill flora and fauna. It's not right. And I was like, holy shit. All right. She shamed nah, me. She, she's fucking wrong. Centipedes are the fucking worst. Like I'll take a spider over a centipede any day. I saw Kong, uh, King Kong. Mm -hmm. uh, those centipedes uh, fuck up that one guy. And they like rip his head off. That's what they do if they were bigger. I'm not about it. That's what anything would do if they were bigger. I mean, I think that's that's territory we've well established. The thing about you know, but hold on, because you brought up Kong. Now, now I want to like swerve for half a second, which is like, what the fuck has Peter Jackson done with his life? You know what I mean? Like, um, he made like three good movies, and then the rest has been just steadily declining dog shit. No, but it's weird. Hold on, because he did the Kong movie, and there are parts of that to like. I haven't watched it since it came out. I know it's way too long, and I didn't love it, but I assume there's good parts, although the CGI may look fucking horrific by today's standards. It kind of does. I will say that the bug attack scene is like a career highlight. Like, that's some of the best horror he's done, and it was in a PG-13 movie. Like, it nice. was, it's still fucking great. I think the best thing to come out of the Kong movie was the Kong video game. Like, that game, I don't know if you remember that or if yeah, I remember it, I didn't play it. You, I saw you play it once because you were just fucking around Manhattan. And I was like, yeah, this is cool. Yeah. No, it was honestly like one of, if not the best, like movie video game tie-ins ever. And I, I know like Peter Jackson had a pretty big hand in uh, developing it or whatever. But uh, yeah, Lisa gave us that. Didn't take a fucking hour in the game to get to Skull Island either. Although that would have been amazing if it did. You know, and they, an hour where you're on a boat with Adrian. Brody. Yeah, literally. That's what I was thinking. I was just like, well, no, you just like, I thought for some reason I was like, oh, they flew there, right? No problem. It's just like, we just, we were there for the entire last hour of the flight. Yeah, I'm about it. I flight guess. attendant goes by. You're like, what? Why are you here? This is not a commercial flight. Like, how is there a flight attendant? We have a terrorist on this plane. The plane goes down. Kong is pissed. He was sleeping. And this is how our story begins. <laughs> That's why he's mad. He was sleeping. It woke him up. It's like, I'm trying to take my nap. To get his eight hours, man. He is so fucking, like, Dude, strict about every, that. Every fucking day, he has to fight a T-Rex or deal with a giant <laughs> bug or whatever. All of his yeah. family members are dead. He has no other giant apes to hang out with. It must like, be really sad. I mean, that's... Refuge. 
Yeah. Yeah, he's Superman. He's like beneath. Yeah. No, Superman. I mean, well, it's not right. Don blew up the last. Yeah, but Zod Zod was alive. He won the last anything. That piece of shit. Yeah, nobody wants to hang out with Zod. Zod has no chill. He's like, I'd rather be the last Kryptonian in the fucking world than to have breakfast with you, Zod. Zod just really wants to cook him eggs. Like he's like, you. I hear you. Just rolls down Zod's alien cheek. Shoots then, a hole through the moon. Yeah, yeah, but as his heart's broken, okay, right. that's as he's fine. Crying, he just flies through the moon. He flies through the moon from the hole yeah. that he just shot into it. Okay, I understand. Sorry. Yeah, just asteroids just start raining down on the Earth as he just like weeps in space. <laughs> Beyond that, humanity like, that survives. Right, cook me eggs. <laughs> After the planet's been destroyed, he's like, "All right, fine. Let me hitch a ride." He goes into space with him. <laughs> because think about this because now that's another interesting story i want to tell that happens okay and asteroids and shit at the earth and like 98 percent of the world goes away but right. there's two percent left and they're living in a world where like the fucking tides are fucked now okay because there's just like space gunk just going around there's no lunar tide so they're they're in another world and then they, it becomes caveman times sort of and then uh you know they start hieroglyphic they start cave painting like you know superman and zod they blame superman you know if he didn't exist as they should yeah he brought this pain upon them you know much like batman you know creates that kind of like uh negative uh you know the mere fact that you exist means something has to meet that you know exactly he can't just leave it to the cops but i guess we're seeing like what happens when you leave it to the cops now you know do you think that Batman would side on the side of the protesters or on the uh, GCPD? Uh, right? See, that's an ethical question that I want them to tackle in the Batman universe, <laughs> which is like, yeah, bro. Like, yeah. But here's the thing. Batman ain't got no love lost for the cops. He's got love lost for Gordon. So there's like real fucking dramatic material to be mined there because it's like, Gordon, if you did your job, you know, I wouldn't have to come and do this to begin with because he's extrajudicial. He's always going outside of the thing, but to get justice, Gordon gets the bigger picture. But does he does he get it when someone's kneeling on some fucker's neck? You know what I'm saying? Like shit's gonna right. go down. I mean, what has Gordon done to correct you know decades, centuries of racial injustice? You know, within his own police department, has he done anything? Does he propagate it? That's something that I kind of want to see in a Batman comic. You know, can we make it happen? Like, no, let's like let's just write it. I mean, DC's trying to be woke. Why not us? Are, are they trying to be woke right now? Everyone's trying to be woke, man. Everyone. <laughs> it's a moment for it, you know? Dude, I walked by a Subway sandwich in Manhattan the other day, and it said Black Lives Matter, and I was just like, you know what? <laughs> That's your line. When my fucking sandwiches start telling me how to feel, like... I was just like, one thing at a time, but like, <laughs> come on, man. You make fucking shitty sandwiches. Oh, heartbreaking. Your chicken is like 30% chicken. Don't start in with this. It's so sad. <laughs> it tried. It's trying to bring way. That's my point, though, right? Like, if Subway's on it, Sprite. Sprite has done, like, 80 commercials where they're just showing, like, someone in a black neighborhood talking about, like, yeah, I'm black, and I'm, I got dreams. And then it'll be, like, Sprite proudly, <laughs> like, supports Black Lives Matters and shit like that. Well, and it's, like, simultaneously, like, props up, like, slave labor in other countries. Seriously. I mean, that, and that's my issue with it, right? Which is, like, good. I, like, by the way, if, if the piss was being taken out of black people having dreams, I apologize. The piss was out of Sprite being creepy, opportunistic assholes. Uh, but, but yeah, so I don't know. I, I, I find, like, the moment is being met with certainly a lot of, like, great intentions and stuff like that. But, Gordon, you're a hero to me, Bubby, but, like, this is a blemish by any other name you know what i'm saying like right well like i i guess that's my question is like what does batman and gordon and all that like in universe because i've made the joke before that like batman runs around beating up poor people or whatever he's a rich guy who beats up poor people which is problematic in and of itself but what does he do in terms of like tackling racial inequality does he take that into account is he here to change hearts and minds or is he here to just bust up this drug cartel or bust up this drug den or like get this oh. criminal this is always what I pitched to you that I, I've always wanted to do the story, <clears throat> like like to do Gotham the right way, but show Gotham. 
like make it about Jim Gordon. Fuck yeah. Like that that's a great person to like on the ground level do it, but he does all the legwork that allows Bruce to not feel this need to go in and be a vigilante and he does it the right way because he's a fucking billionaire. And if he's really an altruistic like 100% I believe in helping the community, he has the money to do it. Instead, and I think we've made this joke. Instead, he just goes around and he beats people up like that's helping anything. He's stopping crime on the on the micro, but on the macro, the contributing factors that lead to all this crime, Batman ain't fucking with that. And maybe that's what's interesting as a character tick, maybe he doesn't want to deal with that. It's not like he hasn't thought about this. You yeah, know what I'm I mean, saying? He's feeding the demon, right? Like, that's the whole point. Right. That's why he dresses up in the suit and everything. Is like, without the problem of criminality, he has no purpose anymore, right? He's not a well-rounded, psychologically sound dude. Like, he's fucking, he's fucked up. <laughs> but he's got billions of dollars access to, like, military-grade experimental weapon and clearly is not emotionally stable. You know what I'm right. saying? They make that own joke. Clearly, he's got problems. Like, come on. I mean, yeah, the, the Nolan movies really do, like, dig into the neoconservative implications of that character where he's, like, single-handedly, because he's rich, like, given a free moral pass on mass surveillance, on military-grade hardware, on doing whatever the fuck he wants to do. He can go to any country and fuck people up. Like, there's, there's no limits. There's no legal limit on him whatsoever. He's right. sanctioned to do whatever the fuck he wants because he's rich because he has resources this is what's really interesting about this is that people come at superman for being too op right like oh he's got too much power therefore he's like inherently uninteresting but in the yeah. same way it's like batman is superman by virtue of capitalism which is the thing yeah. that continues to shield him in any way that would matter like right. he can have a secret identity that's why aronofsky's version was so interesting he was going to be like a poor kid from brooklyn like from oh. east new york you know what i'm saying and i was like fucking a dude because that yeah. is an interesting like and joker flirted with that idea because i said make bruce wayne the, the bad guy in that version you know what i'm saying like that he is just like a, a talking head for uh, capitalism because now that i'm thinking about it we all love batman it's an amazing yeah. story but he has selfishly never done anything about crime in a real way so he can continue to feel good about himself I mean, it's such a fucking yeah. weird thing man i well i mean all those stories exist in a vacuum where they don't examine those implications that much and where it's like he's on a compressed timeline where he has to defeat you know a crazy villain whose threat far outweighs whatever like moral questions you might be asking about that character right but but if it's just a story, like I would love to see a Batman story where like he like beats up a criminal or something, that criminal dies of like internal bleeding, like he makes a miscalculation. And then Batman has to like examine like, oh my God, like what 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 am I doing? Like what what does my moral code even mean? Am I unleashed now? Like yeah. where would you take that story? I no, it's know. interesting because you can play with it and then he like he owns the fucking hospital. He shows up because his name's on the building. He goes and visits the guy in secret, like the guy doesn't mm -hmm even know you know what i'm saying like that's the thing there are so many interesting things to do with that character i want to live in a world where someone one day is like yeah hbo matt fuck it here's 120 million go make 10 episodes like holy yeah. shit because if you can get some of the writing of like any of those soprano staff man get terry winter get someone get matt weiner like hey, any of these get, people get who are us, heavy dude. get us more more uh, importantly yeah yeah we'll we show run we bring them in to, to, right. to run second punch-ups you know <laughs> but like we're, we're the main dudes no seriously because i think like that's such an interesting way to take that character and to examine it for what it is and i think like in the real tradition of anti-heroes you make him an anti-hero i found that this i've read this really interesting article it's shifting gears a little bit but it's it's tangentially related which was that milton uh when he wrote paradise lost yeah everyone everyone takes that as like oh wow that's like he his only intention when he made that was he wanted to make something that was of epic proportion in relation to the odyssey or the aeneid you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and so he writes this thing uh which is which, which which is just a really poor metaphor for how much he wanted to kill the king <laughs> like that's all it was like it's about trying to kill the king but he couldn't do that in that order so he made it about satan the most sympathetic fucking character in the world in that coming at the king you know what i'm saying and he was able to mask it but secretly hated the fucking monarch like always was doing this and what he did on accident was create the first kind of you know anti-hero you know like that idea of that concept so when everyone's like you know tony soprano man he started it it's like well yeah but <laughs> milton though he was the one <laughs> 
let me take you five. This is the, the teacher comes and he pulls up a chair and sits on it backwards and flips his hat. And he's just like, let me, let me take you back to 1646. And then you go all the way back. And then Milton's there getting fucked up, hating the king, being real right. resentful. Getting fucked up. Like he's just <laughs> drinking absinthe straight up. Yeah. Well, dude, anything you imagined it. Like at some point he's just like, oh, that's God. But his, he was too beautiful. He was like Jared Leto in Fight Club. You know, he's like, I want to destroy something beautiful. Was it like a sexy Sadie situation where he originally writes like Maharishi, but then he changes it to sexy Sadie to be like, okay, what have you done? <laughs> right. Where he's just like, uh, dear the King. And then he crosses it out and puts like, God, I hope you die. <laughs> real shitty and just drinking and stuff. Dude, it's really a fascinating, like you should really read up on it because that's like Dolores, one of Dolores's favorite books ever, you know? And, yeah. and so as a result, I've been forced to, to really get up on that. But yeah. I've always read it as this like real epic and to the point where like it's so influential that a lot of times when people are describing Lucifer or they're describing hell, what they're really describing is, is uh, Paradise Lost or Dante's right. Inferno. It's I mean, always it, those it's two. I was talking about this with a friend recently, but just like it's interesting, like how little imagery textually is in the actual Bible that we take, like as like a fact, as right? the depictions, like, yeah, like as what angels look like, what hell, what hell looks like, what yeah. Satan is like, etc. And it's like so little of that is in the actual original text, and it comes from like all those fucking paintings, uh, married with uh, you know things like Dante's Inferno and Paradise Lost. Yeah, no, no, I mean, that, but that happens all the time. It's like, I don't blame people for not knowing that. Like, uh, there's, you know how many historical misconceptions there are all the time? Hmm. Max, how do the witches in Salem die? um, I heard that there was actually, like, there's a good theory going on that um, it was ergot fungus on the crops, which was basically like a, uh, a precursor to making, like, LSD. So people were tripping balls and not knowing it. Um, that's like a strong theory because ergot was like a uh, a fungal rot that was rampant around that time on the crops. So they think that a lot of people just came into contact with it and went fucking berserk. It's kind of like that town in France back in the day where that was like a similar theory where people just couldn't stop dancing until what? they died. Yeah, just like in the 1700s, and they linked that to ergot as well. And so hold on, but you're comparing this to the Salem the Salem witch trials. Yeah, yeah, Salem witch trials like around that time in that area, like there was like a a massive outbreak of ergot fungus fungal rot on the crops, which is how you synthesize LSD. Okay, this both simultaneously makes this story a little bit more acceptable and a little bit more fucking horrific. Because my point is this: that like we all think that the that all the witches were burned, uh, Mm -hmm. but like they weren't. Super not a thing. Which, but 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 everyone will tell you, oh, they burned witches at the stake. Like we have a thing fucking american horror story has a whole thing about it and i know sorry i'm just saying they put it out to the masses it's like this is a thing that happens uh and they showed the salem witch trials as they fucking sparked up which is nuts so like yeah none of that ever happened you know what i'm saying but now i'm thinking if everyone was on lsd and they were just like we gotta burn this fucking witch man it's like that almost makes more sense i wouldn't blame them for that but if you're on lsd and you're taking rocks and stoning people that's fucking yeah. way more horrific to me. I think it would definitely leave an impression for sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, it's also a working theory. So I don't want to like lend too much credence to it because we don't know for sure. Nobody like we obviously weren't around back then. So I don't want to hand wave, you know, religious dogmatic per, uh, persecution and say, Oh, they were all just tripping balls. But if they were, kind of does hand wave it a little bit you know kind of does excuse some things how does that french thing work out though man because i get it there are witches and shit they're like all right we gotta take care of this problem but dancing you're supposed to feel good bubby well i mean apparently like people like it it was something in the bread and like uh it was again like the ergot fungus or whatever and people just were like it was pure mania like you, you saw that movie Climax, right? Yeah. It was basically that, but in the 17 hundos, everybody <laughs> just in the town square, just getting naked and getting fucked up on moldy bread. I like that. You know what scares me? And like, we take this for granted because we have electricity. So we never have to really confront dark. Like, do you remember? Like, okay, we've been in Florida when the power goes out. Your power went out yesterday, right? Or two days ago. So it's like, how dark it gets man once you don't have any power grid you're just like oh shit and then you start to think about like oh this is like 
a good percentage of the world that when the sun goes down, shit is dark and horrifying. Dunzo. Yeah. We, we just we really don't think about that enough. Uh, and I'm just thinking about like, okay, I'm at a dance party in the 1700s and I'm feeling fucked up, right? Like, and I'm dancing and the sun's gone down and I'm like, I can't leave now. There's wolves outside. That's what they I thought. Too locked in right now. <laughs> <laughs> They're throwing good money at bad money. <laughs> They're just fucked up. They're like, I've come this far. <laughs> what is it like a French pop and lock competition? What's yeah. going on? Playing a lute, you know? Uh, <laughs> right because in my mind i'm applying today's music like i'm like right. there's a beat about to drop but no it's just like sorry people are like dancing like hardcore man oh my it's like god they're, they're crumping you know whatever <laughs> see that was the one thing that movie the favorite was missing which was just an all-out embracing of its frat kind of sensibilities like give me one break dancing scene i mean they kind of they kind of do though like like they, they do have that scene where like they're they're doing like, a very modern <laughs> dance like down the aisle or whatever and the queen's just like loving it until she's <laughs> and we gotta get back to i mean do you ever think we were born in the wrong era like specifically you and me as a duo like what, we would what fuck shit up in the 1700s man oh 17 hundos you and me oh in the fucking war man in revolutionary times you and me drinking buddies with franklin dude i mean we would totally be hanging out with franklin whole time He's right only one i really want to hang out with it was all go, go to fucking shit. 1700s perry dude yeah franklin yep you know? benny franks While benny frank <laughs> sorry wooing ladies as an 80 year old man <laughs> that's like so amazing to me and i wonder how much of that was just like uh oh my god he's ben franklin you know like they gave him the the excitement the aggrandizement that he deserved or if he was just a smooth fucking talker who had confidence dude i think it was a little column a little column b but i i think he was just definitely he was kind of like a jack nicholson type where he was just like (laughs) i'm here you know like guts hanging out he doesn't give a fuck and like just that confidence alone right ladies be like all right you know what fuck it all of other founding fathers, like, they just don't have the fucking swag that this man had. That's really what it comes down to, man. Someone, the motherfucker walks in the room, people know you're in the room. Hamilton walked in, they had to, like, literally spot him. He was short. He was a short right. guy. He was, like, five foot two or some shit, right? He was Lil. <laughs> he tried very hard. He was Lil. <laughs> it's interesting that him and Jefferson didn't like each other. Jefferson apparently is, like, six foot two. So it's just like, that's adorable that these two beefed with each other because it's just right. like, no wonder Jefferson didn't respect like him. Or, uh, Hamilton just like craning his neck, looking up at him. He's like, no, you're wrong. I don't know why his voice sounds like that. I'm sure he had a normal voice. Probably. It's funny to me that Lincoln didn't though, that that was all high pitched and stuff. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because we were, <laughs> well, just because we were like, yeah, this wouldn't happen in any other fucking political era, man. I don't know. I just, I, I, I'm so scared of the, con- first of all, just to get back to my original thing about that dance party, which is that when the sun goes down, the world's ending. That's the right. scariest thing in the world to me. We need to appreciate that more. Yeah. You just hear like the howling wolves and the hooting owls and everything. And everybody's like tripping balls, but they're dancing. They can't stop. If they stop dancing, wolves come. Why hasn't someone made a movie about that? I guess, I guess climax is really close to it, but like that has the modern entity of, of, uh, of like the, be- you know, we can deal right. with it because we get it. We're like, oh, this is drugs and shit like that. It would be very hard expositional lifting to be like, there's well, a fungus. <laughs> I mean, that, that is essentially what, you know, kind of going back to the Salem witch stuff that the, the movie The Witch is about is that like they're, they're, they have these rotting crops or whatever. And the director basically came out and said, yeah, that's like ergot fungus. They're all, they're all tripping. So how do I get some of that fungus? Uh, <laughs> <How do> I- <laughs> you want some of that witch fungus? I want uh, some of that fungi. <laughs> yeah, give me some of that witch fungi. I like it. I, I don't think that that was the takeaway to any of these stories. It ended horribly for everybody involved, but um, I guess go find some crops with some rot on them. No, but I'll tell you, like, I'll be like, hey, I'm going to take this. You're on the clock. Make sure I don't die. And I say bye. Oh, wow. You're just going to put your life in my hands. And then yeah. And here's bye. the thing. I'm going to tell you here. I'm going to be like, all right, you need to buy a ticket to come see me. <laughs> and I'm going to walk to the airport to greet you because that might take me that long to walk to the airport. You're, you're so. going to give me no notice to like take off work or anything. You're just going to be like, hey, uh, drop in in three hours. Get over here. It's a Quibi show.
We do seven minutes. I'm you know, like, fungus. I don't know if it's gonna do anything. That's a, that would be our Quibi show. We could do it in ten parts. A so part one is a seven minute episode. And it's just me calling yeah. you, and then I'm sad. I sound sad. You're like, "What's wrong, guy?" And then I'm just like, "It finally did it." And you're like, "What?" And then I say something like "zebra," and it's like some inside joke. We'll do a flashback episode later, okay. and you'll know what it means. And you're like, "Dude, you can't." And you're like, "I'll meet you at LAX in seven hours." And I hang up the phone. Boom. That's episode one. Episode two. It's just about you trying to get to the airport. Episode three. You're still in traffic. Episode four. You're still in traffic. Episode five, <laughs> you miss your turn off. You're still in traffic. Episode six, you're uh, on the plane. Well, this is about as good as any other Quibi show, from what I hear. Quibi's so hot right now, so, so good. Really, I like really it. Really smart to be pitching Hill. I like it. I really like it. Well, you pitched it, so I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Can't burn these bridges, man. Katzenberg might be listening. This might be the next big thing. <laughs> Katzenberg loves where's my burrito. That's true. We're going to get it like litigation. No, no. Katzenberg steadfastly denies any affection for where's my burrito. Cease and desist or uh, litigation will follow. That's the only way he's going to break even on Quibi is if he just <laughs> everybody that talks about Quibi in any form. In court, it's like, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, guilty. We still have to pay money. <laughs>